What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray. We're talking about generational wealth. We're talking about finance. Of course, we're talking about business. And before we introduce today's guest, my man, Eric, please tell us who you have for our Black Men Sunday Spotlight. Hey, thanks a lot, Corey. The person I have today that we're going to spotlight, this is a cat that was kind of overshadowed because of the passing of Queen Elizabeth. And I just want to talk a little bit about uh, Bernard, Bernard Shaw. He was a CNN anchor for CNN. He died the same day that Queen Elizabeth died on. So I just want to give some quick facts about Bernard Shaw. Of course, like I mentioned before, he was a former CNN anchor. He was the first CNN, actually he was CNN's first chief anchor. It was with the network when CNN first launched on June 1st, 1980. And he retired from CNN after more than 20 years on February 28th, 2021. Now during his storied career, Shaw reported on some of the biggest stories of that time, which included the first Gulf War live Baghdad, in 1991, and also the 2000 presidential election. Now, as a journalist, Bernard Shaw demanded accuracy and fairness in his news coverage. He earned the respect of millions of viewers around the world for his integrity and his independence. He resisted forcefully any lowering of any kind of ethical news standards or any compromise of solid news coverage. He was always could be trusted as a reporter and as an anchor. And again, my spotlight today is Bernard Shaw. Back to you, Corey. I swear, Eric, man, you be coming with those Black Men Sunday spotlights. That was a great one right there. I mean, you've been bringing them every week. I salute you. I mean, you're bringing them every Sunday since January, man. So, hey, thanks again from all the way from Hunts, Vegas, Alabama. I appreciate you, my man. Appreciate you, man. Now, let's introduce today's guest, Ray Simmons. This brother here is over 20 years and six months to be exact experience in the United States Air Force. This brother's a Georgia boy, he's from Warner Robins. You know, it's a lot of Atlanta folks on the line. This brother here was stationed in the UK. He was also stationed in Brevard County at Patrick Air Force Base. This brother's an investor. This brother believes in cryptocurrency. Just a quick fun fact for y'all. Ron Simmons is this man's father. This brother here was in the WWE, the WCW, and this man played football for Florida State. He's a Hall of Fame inductee for college football and pro wrestling. So without further ado, Ray Simmons, man, welcome to Black Men Sundays, brother. How you doing? Hey, gentlemen, how you doing? And thank you for that phenomenal intro, Corey, man. I appreciate it, man. I almost feel unworthy of the intro, but you know what? I love it, brother. I love it. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Let's get to it. When it comes to cryptocurrency, if I'm a beginner, what should I look for? So as a beginner, uh, what you really want to focus on is the technology behind crypto. I, I usually tell people that are just starting out, you, you really want to start with what blockchain even is. All right. The reason that's important is because crypto is built on the blockchain. So with that being said, I'm going to give you a quick definition of blockchain uh, from Investopedia, and then I'm going to explain it in layman's terms, so to speak. But the definition is blockchain is a shared immutable ledger that facilitates the process of recording transactions and tracking assets in a network. So basically, Corey, all that really means is the blockchain is designed to hold data, you know, metadata, whether it's transactions from crypto, you're going to start seeing a lot more uh, things like real estate and other things being used on the blockchain. 
uh, the blockchain is important because again, that's what cryptocurrency is built on. So one of the biggest reasons a lot of people are shying away from crypto, especially new people just coming in is because they don't know how volatile it is. And they also are just, they don't have a lot of knowledge about it. You know, let's just be honest. They don't have a lot of knowledge. They don't want to waste their hard-earned money in something that is volatile or they're unsure of. And I love getting that question from new investors. And, and you know, this is something I am passionate about. And I'm going to get, tell a quick story about how I got into it. But I would advise everyone who is even considering um, investing into cryptocurrency to look at blockchain and what it is uh, and what it can do. So I won't go into a deep dive into that, go down the rabbit hole with the blockchain, but that's very important. I usually tell first-time investors, just look up what a blockchain is. You can YouTube it, figure out exactly what you're going to be dealing with first. Moving on to cryptocurrency. Crypto was built on the blockchain. So to simplify it, I tell a lot of people, think of the blockchain as the internet, right? And cryptocurrency is built on the internet, just like websites are built you know, on our actual internet we use. So whether you're talking, it's all code, whether you're talking JavaScript or Python, you know, whatever programming language it is, these languages are, are coded to work on the internet. And it, it's the exact same thing with uh, cryptocurrency and the blockchain. So one thing I really want to talk about when it comes to cryptocurrency is I want to break it down exactly like my mythology and my uh, method and strategy of uh, how I search and research crypto, different crypto coins. And saying that, what I want to do is just walk everybody first, like I said, through a little short story, and then I'm going to talk to everyone about my strategy, how I uh, research, how I invest, you know, because it may be different for you, Corey, you know, you Commissioner Scott, you Eric, you guys may have a totally different strategy. But first, let me start off with a, a really funny short story of how I even got involved. So I started investing in crypto specifically in around 2015, 2016. I knew about Bitcoin. Bitcoin's been around since, you know, 2009, 2010 era. And I was playing around uh, and I found this site called CryptoKitties. As silly as it sounds, it was my intro into cryptocurrency and how, and basically getting a, a feel for it and, and, and what it is and what it means. So basically cryptocurrencies was a, a a website that you can go to and you would literally purchase these virtual cats and you could breed them and you could, you know, all these different attributes for all these different little cats. It sounds hilarious because it is hilarious. I didn't know, however, how that was going to be setting the foundation for how I would start investing and learning about crypto myself. So uh, so I, I found this website and basically I was like, it's kind of silly, but it's kind of cool at the same time. And you actually had to transfer American dollars into Ethereum, which is um, one of the OG cryptos as well as Bitcoin. So basically I had to transfer this money from Ethereum, from, I'm sorry, from USD to Ethereum and purchase attributes or purchase these cats. I purchased two, I breeding them. Like I said, this it just sounds like some silly game. And the first thing I did was I told my wife when she was she's walking in the room, she's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "Oh, this is this crazy new uh, technology, you know, deals with crypto, and and it's crypto kitties, and I'm buying these cats and I'm breeding them." And 
the more I went into detail about what I was trying to do, the grin kept getting bigger on my wife's face as I'm trying to explain it. So I'm like, you know, all right, you know what? Maybe this is something I should have kept to myself and not said out loud. It seems kind of silly at the moment, right? So turns out, like I said, that that website laid the foundation for a, a, a lot of what's happening right now in the crypto realm as far as uh, people looking at the metaverse and and uh, different other routes of crypto. So that was my first experience with crypto. And actually for about a year and a half, I was almost embarrassed, man. And I was, I was just like, all right, this is kind of silly. Like, let me focus on, you know, the military. Let me focus on my job. Uh, I was just looking for, you know, you know, the rabbit hole, so to speak, to dive down into, to learn about it. So about a year, year and a half goes by and I, you know, start seeing more things about Bitcoin. And so I got back into it. I started reading a little bit more and I started researching a little bit more and trying to understand it. And this was around probably 2016, 2017, when I really started investing kind of heavy and I just didn't dive right into it again. So what I, what I did was I had a certain strategy of how I uh, research crypto and I can, you know, share these tools with the listeners and, and you guys as well, but uh, it's all public knowledge. But for me, what I would do basically is I would, you know, find a specific crypto. And there are two main websites that I use mostly to research crypto. Anybody can use them. One is called coinmarketcap.com. And there's an alternative one I use called coingecko.com. And you can find any crypto in existence with these two tools, right? So you know, once I discovered, you know, coin market cap, I started looking at a lot of these different cryptos. And that's like, this is a lot out here. It's a lot of confusion. Um, there's a lot of different fundamentals that each one of these crypto coins had. So how do I differentiate between what's real, what's not? Because there are some people that think crypto is just fake made up money, right? And I'm going to talk more about why it's not a little bit later. But basically, um, I, I, my strategy, like I was saying, is I would go, I would look up this coin. First thing I would do is I was, I would look and see if they even have a website available. If there was a website available, I would look for something called a white paper. So let me just break down real quick exactly uh, what a white paper is. So a white paper is basically will give you the entire vision, uh, a laid out roadmap of exactly what this crypto entails, what it's trying to accomplish, uh, whether it's real world or some metaverse fantasy, you know, fantasy world that is trying to uh, blend blend into in a crypto space. So I look at the white paper. I look for a few things. One of the things that I look for is who else is investing in this crypto? What other big companies that are around in existence today, what other big companies are investing into this project? And you know, for example, there's one company called Sephora, not the actual uh, company that does makeup, but it, there's another Sephora and Sephora invests in a lot of different projects. Um, if anybody's ever heard of them. So I see Sephora. All right. That's a total um, company that I'm used to. I've seen it around and, you know, I kind of know what they do. And if Sephora's money is good enough, then, you know, I feel that's, that's one box check, right? So I, again, I, I look at who else is investing in this. What is your timeline? Do you have any social media that I can follow along with that explains what you're trying to do within your timeline? So that's, that's one method, just you know, looking 
following the money, right? And, you know, you always want to look at fundamentals. Like I said, a lot of these companies and a lot of these coins, even though they're not big right now, they're working and, and doing mergers and, and they're working with major companies that we're used to seeing and hearing about, right? So, you know, again, that's just one strategy. That's just one reason uh, that I, I try to explain to people like, hey, listen, you need to really understand the fundamentals of this project before you put your hard-earned money into this. And for me, at least, that strategy has worked pretty well. Um, one of the first, besides Bitcoin, one of the first cryptos I ever even invested in was this company called StormX. Uh, a lot of people still really haven't heard of it. But basically what StormX was doing is they partnered with a lot of companies that we already spend money with. Uh, example, Samsung, uh, Under Armour, uh, eBay, all these sites, or all the, I'm sorry, all these companies, they actually started to work with, and you could purchase Samsung items from the StormX website, right? You got rewarded in StormX crypto for using their site to shop, right? So pretty easy uh, business model. You know, anybody could have did that. They thought of it, and I saw the potential. And at the time, that coin was probably worth, Corey, maybe a quarter of a cent, right? So I had about 10, no, I say about $1,500 that I was able to invest. So I, I put all of it into StormX. You know, when you're investing, you always want to only risk what you're um, willing to lose. And that's with stocks, crypto, yeah, Vegas, you know, whatever. So, you're, you know, your hard-earned money that you work for, you, you want to make sure it's going to a place where it's going to actually work for you, right? So StormX just sat, you know, dormant for months. And I would say about four months in, they were the first uh, crypto company to sign a major deal with the NBA. They actually signed a deal with the Portland Trailblazers. And their logo, the StormX logo is actually on the Trailblazers jersey. So with that news, that kind of skyrocketed the price of that of that specific crypto coin from a quarter of a cent, I believe it went up to about 20, 21 cents, right? And my threshold for that specific coin at the time, that StormX coin, I was like, all right, let me see if I can at least get a million of these, right? So that way, if this coin even hits a dollar in the future, I'm good. I got a bag, right? So that was, you know, that was my, that was my one strategy. I always had a threshold of where I would stop investing. And say, okay, this is enough for this project. Let me move on to something else. I don't want to pull my eggs in one basket, right? You always want to diversify. And again, I remember when it when it happened, when that coin was um, rising, when it was about, I'd say, seven or eight cents, I was ready to cash out right then, you know, right? Because profit is pride at the end of the day. And I was telling my wife and she was like, you know, is that all real money? And I was like, absolutely, right? So the process, and when I say it's real money, the process of cashing out a crypto, uh, cashing out profit in crypto, I should say, is part of that is you, whatever exchange you're using, is you actually tie your bank account into the uh, the exchange. Sorry, and it's really as simple as cashing out and transferring that money right back to your bank. So you have to link your bank to whatever exchange you're using, and there are lots of different exchanges out there. I tend to stick with the ones that are FDIC insured to some point and are somewhat centralized or, and I'll explain the, the difference between centralization and decentralization uh, in a few, but 
uh, these companies are working in the U.S., right? So, for example, Coinbase. Coinbase is a publicly traded company, and they also just partnered a massive deal with BlackRock. And if you guys know anything about BlackRock, you know, they handle an astronomical percentage of the world's assets. You know, uh, they have tons of clients all over the world. And Coinbase, you know, recently, like I said, just signed a deal with them also. So I stick with, you know, Coinbase or uh, it's the exchange called Voyager that recently made the news for a lot of bad reasons, which, you know, I'll get into that later. But my point being with with all of this, with crypto, uh, yes, it can be volatile. Uh, yes, you can make a lot of money. But the important thing is for any cryptocurrency you're investing in are the fundamentals of that project. You want to make sure that project has good fundamentals. Again, those fundamentals, for me at least, what real world problem is this company trying to solve? Who's backing this company? Uh, how much market cap or what do they value? right now. You know, there's an entire huge checklist that I go by. Though that strategy has worked for me over these years uh, very well. And like I said, again, just researching, understanding the science or the technology behind blockchain will definitely uh, make this a lot easier if you start start there, at least. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious, man. You know, you started out with the kitties. I just want to hear some numbers when you started out with the kitties and what you cashed out on those, you know, because you kind of felt like you told us about it. But, you know, I felt like it was funny at first, but I'm kind of like, I feel like you came up off the kitties. So I want to hear, you know, sure. when, when you first started with the kitties, how much you put in and how much you cashed out. To be honest, Corey, I actually, I put in, I'd say about $500 to start. So again, I really didn't, understand the technology at the time enough to, to really long-term continue to put money into that. So I ended up cashing out and I ended up uh, making about 10 grand from cashing out from, yeah. So, and I, I said, okay, there's something to this, right? I don't un fully understand the technology fully yet behind it because it was still early, but I, I'm drawn to this and I know there is something to investing in this, in this space. So again, like I said, I started researching, you know, I started looking more at Bitcoin and I was like, ah, oh, man, I missed that boat. Right. When at the time, I, I think Bitcoin might've been like $8,000. Right. And I'm like, oh, I missed that boat, man. <laughs> I could have, you know, simply invested, you know, $500 a month, you know, dollar cost average into that. Right. Uh, that would have been the smart thing to do, but that mentality, right? I self-sabotage and talk myself out of probably making an even bigger profit than I could have. And uh, it was a lesson learned, but at the same time, I was learning so much more in the crypto space about different projects going on. You know, again, like the difference between centralized and decentralized. I was like, so what's the difference? Like, what does that even mean? And we, we know that centralization basically is controlled mostly by one or a few entities, um, such as the U.S. Treasury, right, or, you know, our government, right? It's all centralized. Every dollar bill that you spend, that you use, is, is tracked with a serial number. And your bank knows about it, right? Your bank uh, is tied into, you know, other branches, which all leads to, you know, 
the big banks and, you know, all the way up to the treasury, right? And I tell people, cryptocurrency is actually similar to the processes we already use, whether you know it or not. And I, what I mean by that is basically whenever you're dealing with crypto, whenever you purchase a crypto, whenever you transfer money from, from A to B, from me to you, me to Corey, if I were to send you Bitcoin, $10 in Bitcoin, what happens when I send you that $10 is that transaction is logged onto that blockchain that I was talking about earlier. So that blockchain, which is a public ledger, you can actually use a blockchain explorer, basically, with uh, there, which is something where you can put your transaction ID in from that transaction, and you can trace that until it reaches it just its destination. Now, when we're talking about again the blockchain and doing all these transactions and stuff, I tell a lot of people to not overwhelm them that you really don't need to understand the full science behind how this technology works. It's great if you have an interest in that. However, you don't really need to know all the ins and outs of how this system works. You don't have to know. Think about it. How often do you think when you go to the ATM or you do a transaction or you send somebody money through Cash App or, you know, whatever, um, you don't even think about the process that's happening in the background, right? You know it works. You know that I can send money to this person and they're going to receive it. This person can send money to me and I'm going to receive it. I know it works. I don't understand the full science behind how it works because it's really not that important to a lot of people. And I try to explain crypto to people in the same way when I tell them like, hey, me personally, I will want to know like what the blockchain is and how this whole thing works before I invest a penny in it. However, there are some people you can tell... I, Dogecoin, you know, that's a really popular one. Absolutely no real fundamentals at all. But as soon as Elon mentioned anything about it, you saw the price of that coin surge, right? People started talking about it. And when people started talking about it, people started trading it. That brings what? That brings liquidity to that specific project. So one thing I will say without getting off topic, when it comes to the volatility, because that's what a lot of that's the big elephant in the room. That's a reason a lot of people don't really even deal with it because of the volatility. So that volatility, you shouldn't let it scare you off because there are ways that you can keep your money safe. And there's a few methods of doing this. One method is called a stable coin. Basically what a stable coin is, is exactly how it sounds when you break it down. That stable coin is usually pegged to the US dollar and it keeps its value. So one US dollar is equal to one USDC coin, which is one example of a stable coin. There's a company called Circle that uh, built USDC coin. So, and you can look this up for every dollar that you transact using USDC as a currency, that doesn't move. So what that basically means is if you deposit $5,000 from your bank account to your uh, crypto account, whichever exchange you're using, and you transfer you transfer it into USDC, or you transfer it as USD. But once it gets to exchange, you want to purchase USDC. Well, why would you want to purchase USDC if it's already US dollars into the account? Unfortunately, you can't transact with US dollars on exchanges. As far as you can buy, but you can't send American or fiat 
to another person using a crypto exchange. You can send that person crypto. You can send that person USDC or Bitcoin or whatever you want. It, you receive it. You can you can sell it for USD and transfer that USD back to your bank account. It's really that easy. But again, a lot of people don't know about stable coins either. And what banks are doing right now is they're trying to, they see those stable coins as a threat and the banks are trying to create their own currencies. You, know, you can look this up, um, central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. The banks, they do like, again, they see crypto as a threat. They see Bitcoin as a threat. And not a threat is it's going to take down the entire monetary system, right? But going back to what I was saying with centralized versus decentralized, crypto is decentralized, basically meaning you're cutting out the middleman. Me sending Bitcoin to Corey, I don't need to go through another bank or anybody else. There doesn't need to be a middleman. So me transferring money from one person to the next is that simple. It's a peer-to-peer -peer network. That's what makes it interesting. The guy who created Bitcoin and nobody really, you know, he has a, a alias, you know, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. That could be one person. That could be a team of people. Nobody ever knows. But what that person or group did was they took a technology that already existed and they capitalized off of that technology by doing using the blockchain, again, it comes back, as a um, transaction system right? The blockchain has been around, I think it was created in 1991. So it's been around for a while. We just really haven't utilized it much, but it's a, a very effective and safe system to use. And some may say, well, well, how safe is it? How is it safe? You know, what's, what's stopping somebody from taking my uh, money that I have invested from my crypto account? And again, I tell people, you got to go back to understand what blockchain is. Basically it's data or metadata built into blocks. Once that block fills up, a new block is created. But here's the thing. Uh, any transaction that you made in that previous block, there is a trans transaction ID that's moved over to that new block as well with something else called a hash, which really isn't important right now. But if you guys want to look, look that up, a hash is basically how much energy um, this, this whole process is using, right? So the blockchain is basically multiple computers all interlinked that are doing these transactions for us. And these computers belong to actual people that get paid in crypto to use their computers to, to not only mine, but to validate a lot of these transactions. So if someone were to try to hack into your, uh, somebody were to hack into the, try to hack, hack into the blockchain, not only would they have to hack that specific block where your data and that transaction existed. Like I said, that transaction ID goes on to the next block once it's full. So that means they have to go and hack the next block and the next block. So it's, it's a daisy chained uh, block system, right? I don't want to overcomplicate it a lot. It, it's, it's literally a system set up to hold data, right? And not just currencies or, or transaction data, any type of data. So it's, it's really interesting and unique technology. Like I said, it's been around for a while, but we really just haven't utilized it. And crypto was one of the first things that they decided to, to use on the blockchain. This is Commissioner Scott from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you know, Corey has Black Men Sundays. I got a company called the National Engineering League, right? Say if I wanted to come up with a National Engineering League coin, right? How could I increase the value 
of the coin or give the coin value period like how do you how do you do that say you you have a business idea or you already have a business and basically creating these coins creating these currencies you can literally and this is part of the problem with having unlimited you know uh reigns as far as creating currencies but you can create a currency of your own in less than 30 minutes it's it's not that difficult to do however how you are going to monetize from your specific let's just say uh, commission you you created a a specific crypto coin for your company why would people want to purchase your coin you, there has to be some type of incentive there has to be some type of uh goal of why should i purchase your coin commission you can you can build your coin and for every person that purchases your coin there has to be an incentive so you can say hey you purchased this coin for $100 when purchasing this coin what you're going to get is 24/7 support from me along with a you will own maybe 1% in my company you know i'm just throwing stuff out there but you can you can literally tokenize and monetize your business as a token, as a cryptocurrency, where people can actually invest in your company, which is where you get the value from. You're building that liquidity from all your other members that are purchasing the coin, you know, that that's backed by your company. But there, again, there has to be some type of reward or incentive for your clients in order for them to um, believe in your coin. You know, I say that because there's, like I said, it's so easy and there's so many crypto, there's thousands of crypto coins out there right now, nowadays. And a lot of these coins are trash, worth nothing. Some of them are even scams, which is why I believe it kind of goes against the whole decentralization idea. But at some point, we're going to have to have some type of regulation in the crypto space. It's inevitable. It has to happen. Number one, one thing that'll do is that'll get rid of all, a lot of the scams and a lot of the coins that just people are making in their basement, right? Which would uh, highlight, you know, your coin specifically, because you actually, you you would be able to register at some point in the future, you know, your, your company, and, you know, it'll, it'll all be legit. So part of, like I said, part of that problem with just uh, being able to create a currency out of like anybody can do it. And then when somebody's reading that white paper, right, that we're going back to that white paper, that was the paper that gives your vision a, a layout a plan of everything you're trying to accomplish that's what people are going to want to see right if i went to your website and i didn't see a white paper i'd be a little skeptical right but if you had everything broken down here's my mission here's what i'm trying to accomplish this is what you're going to get out of it if you decide to uh, invest in my coin and it's really that simple uh brother it's that's how a lot of these coins that are out now build liquidity another thing they do is they offer a higher percentage right quick example let's just take coinbase you know a lot of people know about coinbase for a while coinbase was offering a percentage uh annual percentage on usdc that specific crypto now we know usdc is a stable coin and it's safe owned by a company called circle which are audited to make sure that they have every dollar that a person tries to transact. They have that in their in their vault in their bank. They have to have it. They get audited for that. So we know USDC is legit. And so 
you know, again, what happens with uh, with those types of coins is they offer percentages. You take your $5,000 and you deposit it into Coinbase. You then convert that $5,000 into 5,000 USDC coins. However, you're getting an 8%, it, it, way less now, but at one point it was 6 to 8% return just for keeping your money in Coinbase in that specific crypto, which gives that company, Circle, liquidity. They're essentially like a bank. They're replacing your bank pretty much, except now you're getting a 6 to 8% return versus what banks give you, which is you know less than a percent. So that's that's one way of of uh, pulling in clientele and offering, you know, like I said, certain uh, incentives for th- those people trying to invest in your specific coin. It's going to take you know a lot of advertising, maybe some liquidity, people buying into it, and uh, most of these crypto coins are are built on a specific ecosystem. And not to confuse it, everybody, but there's not there's not one single sole blockchain. There are multiple blockchains that are built on the blockchain if that can if that makes sense we'll use another example uh there's a coin called cardano right ceo is uh charles hoskinson and this brother has done he's done ted talks he's been on news outlets and everything else so cardano has its own ecosystem that it built its own blockchain so when i say ecosystem basically that's just another word for their own blockchain. So you can create a blockchain on top of the blockchain. Just like with Ethereum, the blockchain, most people aren't building blockchains on Ethereum because Ethereum is its own blockchain. But you can have a blockchain built on top of the blockchain. And when I say the blockchain, I'm talking about the OG 1991 system that was built. They're building on top of that. It's, the, it's equivalent to all all these blockchains are as code, right? Ones and zeros, just just a, a bunch of code written on the blockchain. So we we use the term data mining a lot. And we had mm-hmm. a former guest, Lynn, he came on, Lynn Gilmore, talk about data mining as well, right? So are there opportunities for, say, a teenager that is bored and wants to make some money? I mean, could they build their own computer and then be able to just, you know, have their computer making them money while they're asleep? And, uh, you know, what are the requirements of that computer if there was to do something like that? Yes. To answer your question, a short yes. However, they can build these computers. These computers consume a lot of uh, processing power, right? And in order to uh, be able to run transactions or mine, which is what a lot of people were doing, data mining, you know, mining crypto, you have to have certain uh, graphics cards, certain, you know, things to be able to handle the traffic. And if we think back, I think NVIDIA had a graphics card just a few years ago when people were mining Ethereum heavy. These cards, you couldn't find them anywhere. You couldn't find them on eBay. You couldn't find them in the stores. There was a literally a market where people were selling these five to $700 graphics cards for three and $4,000. It, it, it was a supply and demand issue at that point because people were using them, again, to mine, which, again, that mining requires a lot of processing power. You know, So you have to have the right hardware in order to uh, mine with a lot of these different type of cryptos. Because a lot of kids are asking me and uh, just trying to get the information so I could take it back to them. Maybe they can 
figure out how to make them some money on the side instead of doing other things, if you know what I mean. So, oh, absolutely. It's money out. It's when I tell you guys, it's money out there in the crypto space. I'm talking the entire crypto market itself has a market cap, right? It's over a trillion dollars. So, like, you know, trillions, or, or I would just say tri- just over one trillion. And it's bouncing a little bit below one trillion because of the type of uh, market we're in right now. In, in crypto right now, we're in a uh, quote unquote bear market, which started around September of 2021. And basically this, this cycle, th- these things happen in cycles. This cycle could last, on average, they were every four years, right? So within that four year time period, people would just accumulate and start building, waiting for the next bull cycle to begin. And that's kind of where we are right now. We're in that bull market. The only difference, at least in my opinion, I don't think this is going to be a very long bull market because of the people involved. Because now we have banks, hedge fund owners, um, BlackRock, uh, JP Morgan, tons of big companies. They're all in on Bitcoin at the moment. These same companies three, four years ago that were talking mad trash about Bitcoin (laughs) and how it's only used for illegal activity and all these sorts of things. Not saying that those things were not happening on the black market. However, it's it's a major deal right now. Bitcoin has uh, about, I think, 21 million coins in existence, meaning there's a finite amount. No more will be made after that. That gives it value because there's a limited supply. And there's a lot of demand for it. So on top of that, every four years, Bitcoin does something called a halving where they cut those blocks in half from the blockchain we were talking about earlier, which should, in theory, increase the value of Bitcoin even more. So this is the time to be accumulating and building, preparing ourselves for the next cycle, uh, which is, you know, what I've been telling people. I, since I started, like I said, in 15, 16, I made money in this past cycle because I had been accumulating for a while. And that Stormex token I was talking about earlier, you know, just the, the profits from that, you know, were enough for me to give myself a really nice cushion. You know, I purchased a Tesla and, you know, I'm one of the few NCOs driving around the base in a Tesla and they're looking at me crazy. They can't figure it out. Like, what? <laughs> how's this How's this young NCO able to afford something like this, man? Like, you know, and, and I'm an officer and it's been around for, it comes down to investing. And like I said, you know, between crypto, between stocks, you know, different type of, you know, funds, mutual funds and indexes and stuff out there. Uh, I do a little bit of it all. Um, I, I just really got back into trading. I, I used to trade as well as a day trader. And I kind of was gambling because I didn't know as much as I thought I did. And uh, I, I met a brother who I consider a mentor uh, by the name of Eric White. And he kind of took me under his wing and he showed me the proper way of trading, the way the banks do it. What I mean by that, especially when you're dealing with markets, a lot of people don't really know that there aren't hundreds of people on that on Wall Street on that floor, you know, like it used to be decades ago. Those guys work for a limited amount of hours and they have bots and stuff now that are handling the rest of the transact- transactions and stuff once the markets and stuff are closed. So it's once you learn how to play the game like the banks do, example of that is just learning what consolidation is and how the how the banks are also 
uh, in the markets as well, the same time you are, and they're just waiting for moves, right? These banks, they can't make major moves without wrecking the market, right? So they have to slowly, you know, plant seeds, so to speak, while everybody else is accumulating, and then they'll make one big move. And if you ever look at a chart, or if you understand anything about chart analysis, you'll see this massive candle, this big jump. That's not retail investors like me and you. Those are the big dogs. Those are the banks, the hedge funds. They're moving, you know, making set setups and moving money that way, right? And and like I said, what my brother Eric did was he he made me see it from a different viewpoint. And he was like, you have to trade or start thinking and trading this way. One thing I do want to uh, talk about is the importance, not just with crypto, but also when it comes to stocks, when it comes to investing in general. You know, I grew up in a household where none of this was taught, right? This was all me going out and and learning this and researching and just networking with lots of different people that were already doing this, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, then, like I said, the important thing is, is in my opinion, at least is passing this information on to uh, our kids, you know, teaching. This is not something they're going to learn in high school, maybe not even college, depending on what their major is. So it's up to us, man, to change the dynamic to create that generational wealth that we that we talk about. And when my daughter was 15, I let her start trading on an old Robinhood account I had. I introduced her to the to the game at 15 years old because I thought it was important and I and I knew that it would be useful to her in the future, right? And that goes that goes with everything from you know, investing to teaching them how to handle credit properly. And if eventually, if they want to start, you know, a business up at some point, you're going to need business credit in the future for that also. So just having that conversation, th- those conversations that we're just not used to having with each other, those are the types of conversations we we have to have or we're going to get left behind at the end of the day. The, the world is changing fast. We're moving more and more towards a digital currency and a digital, you know, a lot of things are going digital. AI's, you know, taking over. For a lot of jobs so we got we just got to stay ahead of the game you know but there's a lot of brothers that i know that lost a lot of money in bitcoin they didn't take it out you know when we were in the bear market a lot of guys lost a lot of money i had a brother call mm-hmm. me man i hope you took your money out of that bitcoin that's not real so for the brothers that don't believe in crypto they say that's all fake money it's not real what do you have to say to those brothers it, it's it's a hundred percent real money right I, I can attest to it's easy to cash out that Bitcoin. So the position we're in right now, a lot of people bought when Bitcoin was at its all all time high, you know, which is what a lot of people do. They see it moving. And then there's this terminology called FOMO, fear of missing out. And they want to throw, you know, throw a little bit in there. But usually when people do that, it's when it's running. So there were some people that bought in at Bitcoin when it was, value, right? And if they bought in around November, 2021, it's been a down decline ever since, right? So now, right now they're holding the bag, which is just a timing issue. You know, they entered the market at the wrong time without doing the proper research. However, Bitcoin and what's going to most likely happen, Bitcoin is probably sitting around somewhere around the 20K mark. I didn't look at it this morning, but when it runs again, it's probably going to reach that fifty, sixty, seven thousand dollars, and may even surpass that. 
But those people that bought at 60,000, they're waiting for it to reach 60,000 again so they can sell and earn their profit back, right? So what's what's going to happen when that does happen? It's going to be a massive sell-off, which is going to drop the price of Bitcoin again. So we're going to be in this almost yo-yo of a market uh, with Bitcoin for a little while, at least until A, the big dogs, the bench, the hedge funds, uh, until they decide to, to throw even more into it, which they're already doing. But for most people that I talk to, Bitcoin is, if they're only investing in Bitcoin, it's only about 5 to 10% of their portfolio, right? Which is a conservative percentage. You know, you don't want to throw your life savings in, into anything, but 5 to 10%. If you throw in that in crypto, I think in the long run, it's going to benefit you way more um, if you're just patient. It, it takes patience. Just like buying Amazon back when it was seven bucks, you know, a pop. Who thought it would have turned into the monster it didn't uh, fast forward until today. So it does take a little bit of patience and belief in a company or technology if we're, talk we're talking about Bitcoin. But I encourage the brothers and sisters out there to really, again, research what blockchain technology is, which is what Bitcoin is built on. And once they can understand how safe it actually is, even though it's volatile, the safety behind blockchain and crypto in general uh, is the future. This is where we're, this is where we're headed, whether people are ready or not. Um, be honest with you, brother. This is, you know, a, a lot of people hold off out of fear or they just don't understand it. So I encourage all those people that feel that way to really dig and try to understand the technology and try to understand Bitcoin and follow the money. Again, if you see BlackRock, banks, JP Morgan, all these hedges, if they're all investing in it and they're not selling, they're accumulating, right? Because if they were all selling, then Bitcoin would probably be three, $4,000 a coin right now. So there is a, a, a patience factor when it comes this is a new technology. This has only been around, Bitcoin's only been around a little over a decade. Uh, just have patience, research, you know, learn the, learn the technology. And I promise you, Bitcoin is not going anywhere. There's too many people invested already. Like besides retail traders, big dogs, it's too much money in the space at this point. And they're just continuously pumping more money into it and building even more. It hasn't even slowed down. If you Last thing I'll say, if you just look at the trajectory of Bitcoin since it's since it was created, regardless of where it's at now, it's been an upward uh, trajectory the entire time, right? So it's with the halving coming up and like I said, with a lot of the big institutional uh, players getting in, it's only going to be worth even more. Thank you, Ray Simmons, for coming on Black Men Sundays, man. You came through with the cryptocurrency information, the blockchain information, ways to research. So there's no excuse now. If you don't know how to research crypto, if you don't understand crypto, if you don't believe in crypto, replay the show. Ray Simmons, thanks for coming on Black Men Sundays. Brother, did you have a good time? I had a great time, man. Again, I appreciate you so much, guys, for having me on the show and being able to spread the word about cryptocurrency and uh, it's been an honor and uh, look forward to one day being back on the show maybe man to talk talk about it some more Check it.